A uh, couple things going on around here you should know about. Um, first of all, you can always uh, submit prayer requests to us through our website um, or on the uh, piece of cardstock in your bulletin. Uh, just fill this out and we will follow up with you accordingly. If you will share your prayer requests with us, we will pray for you. And we will share those requests with a uh, select group of folks who actually pray. They actually sit down and pray for things. And that's, that's what you should do with a prayer request, by the way. In case you didn't know that, a little free, no extra charge, but you pray. So um, we encourage you to communicate with us so we can do that part for you, with you. Um, and then if you're visiting, of course, fill that out as well. You can drop it in the bucket on your way out, and we will follow up with you uh, accordingly there as well. Um, let's see. Coming up in August on the 21st, um, we are going to have, after the service, a ministry fair. And at that ministry fair, various ministry teams who have volunteer openings will be uh, present to help you understand how you can fit in at Hope, what you can do volunteer-wise to help out around here, and it's always a good time, and, uh, you know, just the ministry team with the wildest uh, recruiting technique will be rewarded, let's just put it that way, <laughs> all right, um, and uh, let's see. Yeah, we're going to have lunch that day. We'll have sandwiches after church, and you can just grab and move around and um, eat and in fellowship and look at opportunities to serve. So that's coming up. It's always a fun time in the year. And then let's see, tonight at 6, we have a youth ministry planning meeting. So if you are in 6th grade through 12th grade or the parent thereof, you are invited and encouraged to come to the youth planning meeting tonight uh, right here at 6 o'clock um, or on Zoom. We can do either or both. Uh, then it is that time of the year where we nominate officers at Hope. And the way this works is we have, uh, we've sent out an email to all the members, the voting members, who with a packet that has the scriptures that pertain to the offices of deacon and elder, and then it has uh, the list of our current membership that are eligible for nomination. And we ask you to look over that, you know, look over those scriptures, look over those names, and prayerfully consider nominating people that when you read those scriptures and you see those names, you go, matchy, matchy. I think that person should be an officer in my church. And then you circulate that nomination to four other church members to get their sign-off on that nomination. That's part of the confirmation process. And then you will uh, turn that form in, and we will follow up with that person uh, accordingly at the right or the wrong time for them. I don't know. It doesn't matter to me. Um, but we will follow up with that nominee and let them know that someone doesn't like them enough to nominate them. So that's how that works. But um, once that nomination process is complete, we begin a, an officer training process, which is a little bit theologically intensive, I would say. Is that a fair estimate? Okay. And that lasts until probably March or so, and then we have what we call an examination of those nominees, and they sit with the deacons and elders who are currently serving and discuss their, their theological viewpoints and their understanding of the office, et cetera, and then they are set before the congregation to be elected, usually in April, unless I forget to call the congregational meeting. Joe's not going to let me do that, but uh, usually in April, and then that next class of officers begin their service then for two consecutive three-year terms. That's how it works. Um, so, none of that happens if you don't nominate people. So we could, we could use your prayerful engagement there, and uh, we look forward to receiving those nominations and uh, responding in like manner. I think that's everything we've got. Is there anything I'm forgetting? 
All right. Wesley True, come on down. You are the next contestant. Good morning, sir. Testing. Good morning. Good morning. We're going to keep our distance, but I have this to present to you. You're, you're good at keeping distance. You have long arms. Yes. All right. So that, Wesley, you know what that is? It's a Bible. It's a Bible. And that's a big honking Bible. You can fight back Baptists with that Bible. I sure can. You can. Yes, it's big enough. So when you go to college this fall and you go to the college Bible study like a, like a good Wesley, mm -hmm. like your pastor wants you to, when you show up with that thing, you will not only have instant Bible cred, <laughs> but when they say open up to Ezekiel chapter 2, you've got the little cheat tabs on the side of that Bible. Yeah. Ezekiel chapter 2. You there? Lamentations. You're close. You're in the right testament anyway. All right. So you, you'll get better, but we'll get better. the tabs are there to help you, like, not look like you don't know what you're doing, right? So yep. I'm here. I'm, I'm trying to help. So I appreciate that. Encourage you. This is a this is a crazy time in life. This whole college thing. Keep that with you. Mm -hmm. Read it from time to time, like every day, mm -hmm. right? And see if it doesn't say something to you. But uh, congratulations on graduating, and uh, I'm gonna miss you. So, right. <laughs> before we get started, we should have all of the important people. Which might be just Scott. It's summertime. summertime. <laughs> Tatum, you coming down for the children's chat? <laughs> yeah, it turned out the chat. All right. No, it's okay. <laughs> so, wow. What happened? No one's important. Did anymore. you stand at the door and scare all the little kids away? <laughs> Did you make I will not faces? admit to anything. All right. But no confessions. I guess no one's important today. All right. So then we should probably pray. You want to dial or hang up? I'll dial. All right, you dial, I'll hang up. Whoop. Whoop. Ready to go. All right. All right. Dear Lord, thank you that we could all be here today. Uh, thank you for every blessing that we've had so far. And we ask that you give us the strength to move on through the hardships that we will face in the future. And Lord, we thank you for the gift of your word and for the ways in which you still move in our hearts uh, through the presence of your Holy Spirit, the power of your word, to grow us more and more into the men and women of God that you created us to be. We pray your blessing over this time that we spend in your word this morning. May we know you better and understand your love for us more deeply as a result of meeting you here through your word today. We give you our sins and failures and disappointments, and we thank you for the forgiveness, mercy, and grace that are ours in Christ. We lift before you those whom we know and love who are sick or recovering from medical procedures or facing uncertain diagnoses, and we pray your healing mercies and your peace over those whom we know and love. Uh, we think especially of Dean and Helen Johnson as they continue to battle cancer, and we just pray your, your peace over each of them and your healing where it is needed. We um, thank you for uh, this country, for our leaders at every level of government, elected and appointed, and we pray your wisdom and discernment in the decisions that are before them. We lift up our men and women in uniform, and we pray your protection over them. We pray especially for those who are in harm's way. We ask that you would bring them home safely. We lift up those who have served this country and returned home changed as a result of their service. And we pray your healing over them, mind, body, and soul. Lord, use us, your church, to minister your grace and your peace to their hearts. And be with us here at Hope and around the world as we worship you today. Uh, may your light shine forth in this dark and hurting world, and may your word go forth through your people and not return to you empty. We pray your blessing over all of these things in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. All right.
have a seat. So we should probably explain what we're doing. That's a good idea. For those who have are wondering, who is this handsome young man sitting next to that ugly pastor? We ugly don't think you're pastor. ugly. I'm not ugly? No, you're not ugly. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and so, uh, but for those who may be wondering, why are we here? How did we get here? All right. So, uh, how did I get here? Yeah. <laughs> uh, th- those two people right there. Okay. They, they had a child. That child was me. All right. The, and the third time they got it right. The third time they got it right. Yes. Very good. Very and uh, good. we are here to talk about God. We're here to talk about God. More specifically, how God is our shepherd. Very good. And so during the school year uh, at Youth Group Bible Study, you were given an assignment uh, to, to get in touch with your feeling. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> Because you only have one. At a time. At a time, at least, yes. And then we were going to look at that sort of area of difficulty in life and look through the names of God, the way God reveals himself and his word to his people for those names and aspects of his character that spoke to your place of need. Um, But... Before we get into that, let's just get to know Wesley a little bit. How old are you? I am 18. Very good. And um, you are in what stage of, of your academic career? So I, am, I have just graduated from high school, and now I'm getting prepared to leave and go to college. All right. And where are you going to begin that journey? I'm beginning that in... Uh, Corpus Christi, okay. uh, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. Okay. And then mm. I'm going to transfer to the main campus. All and right. I, I do hear legends that it is a cult. A&M is a cult, yes. But I, I will be careful. All right. All right. <laughs> See, in, within the cult, if you don't like something, you hiss. You go... <laughs> so, wa- watch this. You ready? Uh-huh. Longhorns. See, there you go. It's automatic. It's like if you want to know who in the room grew up Catholic, you just say in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. There they go. All right, it's autopilot. They can't <laughs> help it, right? There's, there's tells all over the place here. All right. Um, so where were we? You're a senior. You just graduated. I'm, yes, I'm going, going to A&M Corpus. Mm-hmm. And you want to study what? Math. You want to study math. How long have I known you? Uh, my whole life, pretty much. Yes, exactly your whole life. Uh, you were born at Wilford Hall, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You don't remember that? No, I mean, it's kind of fuzzy. I actually remember that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, I've known you that long. And uh, when you were, I don't know, two or three, uh, other people were teaching you little children's songs and little, you know, rhyming words or whatnot. What did your pastor teach you? You taught me Pythagorean's theorem. The Pythagorean theorem, yes, which is? A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Very good. And do you know why I taught you that when you were two or three or whatever you were? Because it's something you'll actually use later in life? No, because I, I could take one look at you and realize, like, this kid's already way smarter than I'll ever be. And, <laughs> like, he's a, he's a toddler and he's a freaking genius. So I just figured I'd throw the Pythagorean theorem in there and see what happened. Did you get to geometry class later in life and be like, what? Yeah. Good. <laughs> All right. All right. And what do you want to study in college? Math. Oh, there you go. Having an influence on the youth of America right here. (laughs) All right. I could have told you that when you were two, by the way. You did. I did, pretty much, yes. But uh, (laughs) um, so, okay. So then I I ask a young man who's a, a, you know, a budding math major to get in touch with his feeling this past semester in youth group, and 
tell me what you identified. Like what, oh wait, I forgot one other thing. This is still the get to know Wesley phase. Okay. All right, what's your favorite movie? That is a very, very hard question. I, I can't limit it down to just one. All right, throw a few out there. What's, what are in the top, what's, what's in the running? Uh, there's this movie called Knives Out. Knives it's like out. A murder, yeah, it's like a murder mystery with like a bit of a twist to it. And it okay. was like a really uh, fun cast with that. Okay. Um, another one. Well, this one's just a classic, but Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> really? <laughs> How is it you are so wise in the ways of movies? <laughs> Um, and, well, in that case, I have uh, some other questions for you. <laughs> sure. What is your quest? I seek the grail. What is your favorite color? It'd be violet. Violet? And what is the average wind speed velocity of an unladen swallow? Well, what do you mean? African or European? Well, I, I don't know that. Wow. <laughs> uh, yep. All right. Very good. Oh, that would have been great. But I wore this. Just as this isn't getting weird. It's not getting weird. But I, I have a Monty Python. I have the unladen swallow and all the math. All the math that goes into calculating the wind speed velocity of the laden swallow. Right. It's all on there. It's just a. What does it say at the bottom? Just a question of weight ratios. Just a qu question of weight ratios. I wore that because I knew that if I pressed long enough, you would give the answer Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I know. All right. <laughs> Very good. Um, I'm going to button this back so that, like, yeah. Uh, of course. But, uh, so, coconuts in a... In a cold climate, how would they get there? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So <laughs> now we are um, talking about so where you were this past semester as a senior, um, some of the things you were going through, and you identified uh, kind of a place where you were in life, uh, something you had been feeling for a while actually, I think. Mm -hmm. um, tell us about that. So, uh, the school was, uh, it wasn't like bad. Right. But it, I just felt kind of like awkward, like misunderstood. Okay. Like unseen. Okay. Kind of. Okay. And that was uh, more in just like the, I, w I was in choir throughout all of high school. Okay. That was more in like the choir setting. Okay. Then, like, the academic setting. Okay. But yeah, that's what I identified with. Okay, and so that, that feeling as a high school student and the youngest of three boys, um, and you're just kind of feeling unseen, unheard, um, which is funny because you're a big guy. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> you're tall. Um, but... Uh, not funny in the sense that you were, that was really kind of your reality for a little while in high school. Um, and tell me what was going on there, what was driving that, what did you, what did you, where did you find yourself? Uh, I had a, a very close, like, small, gr a small group of friends who were kind of there throughout all of high school. And that, that's where I, you know, found, like, the most ground, if you will. Okay. Uh, that's where I found, like, the most confidence in myself. And without that group of friends, I probably would just kind of stay in the background and not really do anything. Okay. And so you kind of found yourself, and you used a word at one point in our conversation that I thought was um, a really powerful word. Do you remember what that word was that it you felt? <coughs> it was lost. Yeah. Um, and I think about that, and I think about you kind of existing in that state of feeling lost, and, and like, you're right here, and I didn't know it, right? Until I asked. 
Um, <laughs> and uh, and I would say even even after that you know that exercise in youth group of trying to get people to think about what they were struggling with, um, I think it still took a little while for you to kind of articulate that reality that you were living in. Um, so then we gave you a list of names of God to look through and to look at some scriptures that those names came from and to reflect on which of those names of God spoke to that feeling lost. Uh, what, what name of God did you identify with? So in our recent discussions, the, the name the helper mm -hmm. and like the, the shepherd also, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, those two names stuck out to me. Okay, and we looked, we looked for a little while at Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, um, but then you found another passage in the Gospel of Luke that, that you wanted to kind of begin with. Will you read that passage to us, please? All right. This is Luke 15, 3 through 7. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country, and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls all of his friends together, his neighbors saying to them, rejoice with me, for I have found the sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Excellent. And tell me why this passage spoke to you in feeling lost in life. Uh, just that you're not forgotten and that okay. like you do matter. Okay. And God cares about you a lot. Okay. <laughs> Which yeah. sounds kind of weird saying out loud, but that I don't really know how else to put it. Right, and the, the, the image that, that Jesus paints is a God who um, would leave all of us to go out and find the one who's not here. Right. Right? Um, so if you're, th if you're the one feeling like you're not here, get good news. God's looking for you, <laughs> right? Right. Okay. Um, and so that was kind of one of our one of our landing places in the Lord is my shepherd idea, that, that idea of God speaking to you in that state of feeling kind of lost. Um, and then our conversations from this passage um, led into another passage um, that is really the one that you chose to kind of land in and move through. Um, Read that passage for us, and, and do we need to set it up at all? Do we need to give any context? Do you know? I hadn't thought about this. This is from the Gospel of John, chapter 15. Um, he's talking to the disciples before, no, after the Lord's Supper. I don't remember. It's, it's at the Lord's table. So it's the night he was betrayed. Right. Um, and he's kind of giving his final instructions to his disciples, and... So this is chapter 15. This is a little bit earlier in the conversation. Um, why don't you read the excerpts? We, we, we clipped 12 through 21, and then we wanted to also include 26 and 27. And there's more good content in there. We just didn't have room for it. And so you're encouraged to read the whole chapter on your own. But um, for now, for this purpose, we're just going to look at verses 12 through 21 and then 26 and 27. Will you read those for us? Of course. All right. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made, no I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And you appointed you so that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, 
he may give it to you. These things I command of you so that you will love one another. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I have said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. But when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of the truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Very good. Um, and I think, do you remember the, the name of God that first drew you to this passage? Yes, it was the helper. Yes, this idea that, that Jesus is going to give or send a helper uh, into the hearts of his people to be present with them, etc. Um, and so that concept comes in a little bit later in the passage, but as we looked at this broader, uh, the context of the passage, there was some really great stuff in here, like leading up to that comment that Jesus made that like, hey, it's, it's going to get ugly, life is hard, but I'm going to send a helper to be with you. Um, and then, but to kind of look at this whole teaching, this whole passage as a, as a uh, single string of thought, that God is our shepherd, and that um, in, you know, that shepherd wants something for us. We, you want to start us off with what the shepherd wants for his sheep. I'm sorry, can you repeat that? What, so start us off with what the good shepherd wants for his sheep. That would be acceptance. Okay. To accept God's acceptance of you. Right, which is a tricky thing. Um, do you deserve God's acceptance? Did you earn it? No. No. Were you perfect? Not even close. Not even close. I'm, I'm far not even closer. <laughs> um, and uh, so there's this, this element of our relationship with God where when we contemplate his holiness and his lack of sin and we, and we look at ourselves honestly, there's a void, right? And yet, in spite of that, he has chosen to accept us, to, to leave the 99 and come find us when we're lost. Um, and so take us through this part of the passage, like verses 12 through 17, um, this call to accept God's acceptance of us. How does that work? So God accepts us for who we are, and he calls us his friends. Yes. And as friends of as friends of God, it is, uh, I'm sorry, I'm losing the words. It's okay. You're doing great. Like, we were n we're not servants of God. Right. Because uh, the servants are, you know, kept in the dark. Right. But as friends, we are knowledgeable of what he is doing. Yes. And we are there every step of the way. Yes. Uh, and that distinction that Jesus makes between servant and friend is astonishing, really, that God would call us his friend. <laughs> um, and, uh, but I think the, so what is the basis of friendship? That's a difficult question. The basis of friendship, I would say trust and love. Okay. Yeah, trust and love. And so God loves us and trusts us, right? So we, he wants us. So this movement into accepting his acceptance of us begins with knowing and understanding that he loves us, 
right? And he, he considers us his friend, not just a subject. Um, and then, as you pointed out, and, and you were actually, th- this was a great observation that you made when we were studying this passage, that, like, God doesn't just include us in his plan, he reveals his plan to us. Like, we're in, we've got the inside perspective on all this. He loves us, he, he makes us his friend, and he includes us in his will, right, in, in the re- revealing of his will. So, um, we are in this place in our relationship with God of we are the objects of his affection, and he loves us. So, we're to know that, and then what are we supposed to do with that love? We're supposed to show it to others and spread it. Okay. Um, talk about that for a minute. So, as, like, friends of God, like, we have his love, mm-hmm. but I believe it is in... verse 16 of uh, John 15 is that yep I ch- but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide yes meaning like do good like yeah do good the fruit will grow spread it mm-hmm. that is what we uh, we were meant to do all right so we're first to know his love and then we're to show his love. Um, and what does that look like? That bearing of fruit in the lives of others? It's to seek others as God sought you. Okay. So when you see that other person who's feeling lost or invisible, what are you supposed to do? Reach out. There you go. Be a helping hand. Okay. Yeah, be, that, be part of that friend group that helped you kind of keep going, right? Okay. Um, And uh, so there's this call to seek others out the same way that God sought us, and then what's that final step there? It's not only to seek, but to love others as God loved you. Okay. And how did God love you? What did he do for you? Well, he gave us life. Okay. That's a pretty important thing. Right. So we are to be, we're to be friends who are life-giving. And he reached out to us also. He sought us out, um, and he sacrificed for us, right? So we're to, be a, we're to be willing to set our own wants and needs aside and focus on how can I serve this other person, bring them in, show them God's love. Right. All right. Good. So accepting God's acceptance is not just sort of a passive thing, but it's an active thing. Right. Yeah, so we, we take it in, and then we give it out, and that's part of this inclusion process in, in being part of God's will. All right. Um, so where does Jesus take us next, verses 18 through 21? What did you see there? So throughout uh, this section of the passage, uh, it's to expect rejection from the world. Okay, and uh, has that been your experience? Not personally. Well, okay, well, maybe not, not in the way I can see. Maybe not like mean or cruel rejection, but but that feeling invisible in a room full of people. Like you're in choir. There's how many people in the room? Well, fifty. Sometimes up 100? to like seventy, seventy-five, okay, eighty. Seventy-five people, and you're feeling alone, that is in its own way sort of a category of rejection, right? Hmm. And, and that's, that's the, the feeling that you kind of brought into this conversation um, that, and, and you had actually, you had some really good observations about this, but we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Um, so we're to expect, Jesus says, look, the world rejected me. You're my friend. Guess what? You are also going to be rejected. You're also going to feel rejected. <laughs> okay. So 
it's this, this exercise through this part of the passage begins with expecting the world's rejection of us. Keep going. What does God want us to know? So even though it seems like we're like alone, that we are in good company. Okay. Because Jesus, God, will be with us every step of the way. Great. Yeah. He's promised to be with us. Um, and what does Jesus say about this, you know, being rejected? Keep going. It's that like, we're to understand that we're to be misunderstood by others. Okay. And it's <laughs> it's not like our fault. Okay. It's Jesus' fault. Well, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, I, I don't know exactly how to word it. Yeah, that like the world will reject us. It won't be able to understand what we understand. Right. Like, I don't even know that I fully understand God's grace, right? But I understand some of God's grace. Right. If, if there's someone out there who understands none of God's grace, I can't expect them to understand... Some of it. Some of it, right? So um, there's, there's a built-in disconnect. Okay. Um, so we're to understand that we will be misunderstood, and what else? It's that to know that we are different from others because we're chosen. Okay. So God sought us out, put us on his shoulders, rejoiced, brought us back into the fold. Um, we have experienced a grace we did not ex uh, deserve. We've learned to accept that God has accepted us through Christ. Um, and this makes us different. What have, what have you personally experienced in your faith through Christ that someone who's never experienced faith in Christ has not experienced? What, what, is, what has been true for you that you have realized that that other person may never have realized? Not, not yet, anyway. Comfort. Okay. That God is with you. Right. Okay. And, and so... You have, a, you have a peace, you have a presence that other people are not going to be able to understand, all right? Um, so Jesus tells us, that was true for me, it'll be true for you, you're in good company, you'll be misunderstood, you're different, keep going. Right. We're in a strange club. Okay, <laughs> talk about that club. What is strange about the club that we're in? So what's strange is that, like, no matter how hard we may try, we will never fully understand, like, God's love for us. And neither will, like, non-Christians who don't understand. And people are going to, you know, judge us and say yep. that those people are weird. <laughs> okay. But yeah, and I think it, it, you know, we had a good conversation about this that, like, there is an aspect of you we look at Jesus who suffered rejection and instead of him saying you know look if you accept me your life will be rosy and happy and you'll never have any problems he says I've brought you into my fold and guess what what happened to me is going to happen to you is going to happen to you and so be prepared for that um, it's a strange club. Uh, talk about talk about who cannot understand us. Take us through those last couple points there. So the the unforgiven can't understand. Correct. It's it's really difficult for someone to assimilate in their mind what it means to be deeply and totally forgiven if they've never felt deeply and totally forgiven, right? Okay. Keep going. And the unbelieving can also not understand, or can't understand also. Okay. So there's a faith component that, um, so this is kind of a, uh, 
you know, different different Christians have different views of what faith is. Um, but our our tradition sort of indicates that faith is a gift from God. That's based on Ephesians chapter two, uh, verses seven and eight, I think, um, eight and nine, somewhere in there. Um, and uh, you should get a better pastor. You know, I can't like quote it exactly. I mean, neither can I. Okay, we're good then. Yeah. All right, we'll stick it out. Um, so, <laughs> so this idea that we've been given something as a gift, which is faith, which is how we access God, right? And it's the the kind of the conduit through which the grace of God, the love of God, the mercy of God flow into our hearts. So if someone hasn't received that gift yet, it's going to be really hard for them to understand you and what you're going through. And, and they might, at your stage of life, they might actually make fun of you for it. <laughs> right? Maybe. I mean, I could, I could see you in a college math class with you know, some other uh, student, and you tell them you're a Christian, and they go, well, that's fantasy or whatever, and they could make fun of you. Like, I could, that's, that's conceivable, right? I mean, yeah, but I don't know. People like that are just, I don't know what to think of people who just, they're just like, nope, you're wrong, and I'm right because I know I'm right. Right. It's like, I don't understand that. Good. Yeah, I hope that remains true. There's a lot that we do not know, and nobody knows everything. Right. That's, I think that's called humility. That's biblical. Well yeah. done. <laughs> you were raised right. Um, okay. So, okay. So we've got this idea that we need to accept God's acceptance of us through Christ. Um, we need to expect the world's rejection of us because of Christ. Um, and then what, are, what else are we to know in verses 26 and 27? What's really important here? That the helper, also known as the spirit, is mm -hmm. with us. Good. Yeah, that, that God's spirit is with us. Um, you're not alone. You may feel alone. You, you, you're not forgotten. You may feel forgotten. Um, so take us through these two verses, just verse 26 first. What are we supposed to do with this truth that God has given us his spirit? The, we are to bear witness about him. In verse 26? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're to spread his message. Am I in the wrong spot? Verse 26? I mean, I like that. Did you say invite his guidance? Oh, it does say that. Okay. All right. Just making <laughs> sure. That too. Okay. So, Jesus reminds us that God's Spirit is with us. And that has, we talked about the funny Greek word that Jesus uses for helper. What does it really mean? You don't have to say the Greek word. Just Thank what you. The word that Jesus <laughs> used, what does it really mean? It means to come alongside. Okay. It's so like to accompany. Yes, and so Jesus says, let me, let me try to read it that way. Um, but when the one who comes alongside you comes alongside you, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. So what does that mean to you that God's Spirit has come alongside you? That means that he is there to protect you? Mm-hmm. And to support you also. Good. Very good. And so this, this is, we'll go, we'll go into that invite his guidance idea, right? Like he has sent his spirit to be right there with us. Um, and we are to be receptive to that. Um, how does that, how does Jesus talk about the flow of that guidance? So it's from the Father through the Spirit to the Son. Good. That 
God the Father sends the Spirit into our hearts, which then guides us, comes alongside us, and guides us kind of back to the cross. All right? Um, and then from... From his word into his will. Good. That Jesus reminds us that we have this kind of um, this flow for the electricity of our faith that, you know, from God, through the Spirit, through his word, um, and that's how we discover and grow into God's will. That goes back to that friendship conversation that we're not just, you know, robots. God actually in, in includes us in his plan and reveals to us through his word what he wants, right? So we, we do all these things. We, we engage his word. We, we listen to his spirit. We, yeah, we, we try to open ourselves to that flow of electricity that is our faith. Those are the components. Good. All right. So now that we've invited his guidance, what does he want us to do? To spread the message. Good word. Um, and so I think about, like, you, your journey, um, and you're doing that, right? Not just here, but in your life, you're spreading a message. Right. Okay. And in the simplest terms, for someone who's feeling lost, what is that message? You are found. Okay. That's simplest terms. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> All right. Um, so how has God, since the time we identified that feeling, I don't know, lost, forgotten, overlooked, however you wanted to phrase it, because we had a lot of words we were trying to put around that to get at what the feeling was. Um, how has God changed you since that time to now? I would say confidence. Okay. How did he do that? It's not... A it was subtle. I mean, okay. just over time, I just felt more and more sure of myself. Okay. And I had support from friends, too. That was very helpful. Yeah. Okay. Good. And so that is, um, you know, in essence... Uh, Jesus, when he says, you also will bear witness because you've been with me from the beginning, there's this being with component where God just gradually gets you to where you need to be. Um, and then how would you say that God has stuck with you in all of this? The people in my life. Okay. Good. And and so God show, has shown up through the people in your life to remind you he loves you. You're chosen. You've got a place. You're found. Uh, and he's with you. Right. Okay. So when you go off to Corpus, what's that, in August? Yep. You going to be alone? No. No. What do you know? God you is going to be there. God's going to be there. And what's he going to do for you? Give me the courage and strength to find a home there. I don't, yeah. I don't know how to word it exactly. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, to find your place. To find my place. That yeah. That's it. Yeah. And that will involve... You know, hopefully some, some good Christian friends and maybe a church. I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe a Bible study or something where you can, yeah, dig in and find a group of people that will walk with you through all this. Yeah. All right. 
Um, anything else you want to add in terms of reflections on God as your shepherd and your helper? I think we about covered it. All right. Uh, you want to dial or hang up as we close in prayer? I'll uh, hang up this time. All right. Father God, I thank you for Wesley. I thank you for um, the gift of faith that you have planted within him and the ways in which we have seen it grow. We pray your blessing over him as he steps forth uh, in your will uh, in this coming semester. Uh, we just pray you would go with him, that you would go before him, that you would prepare the hearts of those who will be his friends to receive him well and to grow together in your will, in your word, and in your love. And I just pray your blessing over this young man, over each person here who may also be facing uh, you know, a transition or uncertain next steps. And we just pray that you would be with them as well. We thank you for that promise that you are not only our shepherd who seeks us out and brings us home, but you are also our helper who is always with us. Lord, I ask that you are with each and every one of us as we move forward with our lives. And that and that we can be within your presence every step of the way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Good prayer. Three.